everybody. Welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon and as always I wish you a very good morning, afternoon or evening, whenever or wherever you tune in to today's podcast from. And uh, on today's podcast uh, uh, it, it, it's very much reference to the wherever you are because we go transatlantic on today's podcast and uh, our guests who will be joining me in just a few seconds time will be joining us from the beautiful New York City. And on uh, the subject of today's podcast, it's very much talking about terms, terminology that many of our podcast listeners may have come across in the last certainly two years um, when it's become more prevalent in our language and the way that we communicate. And they're terms like NFT, blockchain, um, and all in context of ticketing. This is a subject that is rumbling on within the events industry, um, mostly in the live music sector, but as we'll hear today from our guest, it has applications and uh, implications in many of the other sectors that affects the wider events industry. Joining us today is our guest, Mr. Josh Katz. Josh is the founder and the CEO of Yellow Heart, and as I said, joins us today from his base in New York. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Oh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very, very welcome. And as I said, I, I used a couple of phrases there, blockchain, NFT, uh, things that uh, the general public and certainly people who work within the wider events industry will have become familiar with, certainly in the last 18 months to two years, um, which has uh, coincidentally been a really significant period for your own business, Yellow Heart. Um, perhaps we should start a little bit, Josh, before we get into the the real details of what we've got you on the podcast to talk about today, which is ticketing. Give us a little bit of your own personal background, because I think that really does sort of set some context to where you find yourself today with Yellow Heart. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I've been a fanatical, you know, music fan my entire life since early childhood. Um, I've been a guitar player, um, you know, since, you know, age 10 and grew up in a house full of guitars. You know, my father was a, a massive guitar collector and just been really into music and live music and always knew that that was what i was going to do with my life so you know by the time i got into high school i realized it would not be as a musician you know when you start to get into bands and you realize that you were not you know uh, a gifted musician which i'm not you know i i continue to play but you know i don't have it which you need to you know really become uh, have a career in music. So I went the business route and, you know, started promoting shows and then joined the record label world um, in the mid nineties. Early on, I worked at Jive Records. I was involved in the launch of the Backstreet Boys, uh, also Britney Spears and lots of rap music and rock bands and had a career for a decade within the music business. Left the music business in uh, 2003, really, when file sharing was starting and, and Napster had been purchased by BMG, but then shut down, not embraced for the new format and to evolve the industry. And I uh, started at that time a non-traditional uh, record label, which meant that we were selling CDs, if you remember those, out of <laughs> out of hotel rooms like the Hard Rock Hotel and you know all of the um, Morgan's hotels and out of restaurants like Tao and, and Nobu, and that then matriculated from a, a bespoke CD business into a background music business where we started doing the playlists that played in hotel lobbies restaurants, mm -hmm. retail stores, airports, things like that. And, you know, grew that business for 12 years and um, 
then eventually was was in a position to be able to sell it in 2016, which I did, and then just got very, very deep into crypto and blockchain. I had really been into um, it before that, but uh, you know, this was the first time in my life I had an opportunity to really um, go out there and have a blank slate. And at the same time, blockchain was emerging and it fascinated me. And it was really about Web3 and which is, you know, the term, the overriding term that really, you know, under Web3, you have blockchain, you have smart contracts, you have the metaverse, you have NFTs, you have, you know, crypto, you have all of these other categories that we hear about. But the overriding theme is really Web3, which is, you know, Web1 is the internet, Web2 is mobile, Web3 is it all really starting to work correctly. <laughs> and it all coming together with all of those other subcategories I just mentioned. So um, went down that road and, um, you know, started a company, Yellowheart, which is mission really was to, um, you know, I wouldn't say eradicate ticket scalping initially, but it was really to control it where we wanted to use blockchain technology to create a symbiotic artist fan relationship mm -hmm. and then allow for real fans to be able to buy tickets and not have to be kind of a, a, a fool's run where you're running after trying to buy them on a primary or secondary, this price, that price, highly manipulated. And that that was the initial purpose of the company. Sure. And, and of course, uh, what's been so important in the last 18 months, two years, when these sort of you know, terms Web3, uh, blockchain, that said, you know, NFT, metaverse have come into play is I suppose from a, an operational perspective, being able to break those down into simple, understandable ways to, 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 to comprehend what this technology can do for you on a day-to-day -day basis. Most people who are going to be using this won't necessarily have a complex technical understanding of what's going on in the background, which is why it's so important to really sort of bring it down to a level that they can understand what it can do. And when you start reading about what, what, blockchain technology and nft can do for the ticketing process from a resale point of view that's where things start to get really really interesting doesn't it from an artist and a, and a, and a seller point of view tell us about some of the sort of maybe some of the key aspects that the blockchain technology brings to the ticketing process through yellow yeah absolutely i think it's important though that we take a step back first and we look mm -hmm. at what exists today and we take a look at the fact that we all love to go to live events. We all love to go to see sports, uh, theater, concerts. And the ticketing industry is a boring industry that nobody's paid attention to. And it's really never evolved. It's been, you know, a receipt, a proof of purchase. You're in the door. Thank you. You know, here's your seat. You know, enjoy the show. Um, you know, it's gone in the last, you know, two decades from, or three or four decades, really, from a barcode on a piece of paper to a barcode now on a mobile phone in the last few years, right? But slowly, it didn't happen really quickly with mobile. It kind of happened slow because there's never been any type of motivation or innovation within a space. It's been more about, you know, hot bands and selling tickets and manipulating it, whereas um, what the live event industry has really not, you know, the very, very industry filled with very, very smart people. But if you think about it, you have a billion fans a year buying concert sports theater tickets, right, around the world. And these are, are fans that are passionate about their team, their band, their event. They're a captive audience. And the engagement with them dies upon entry. Whereas 
one of the major things that blockchain does, um, and particularly with the use of NFTs and various other elements of the decentralized blockchain, is it enables for ongoing engagement. In a lot of ways, when you look at the artist world today, they've moved to needing a team of publicists and marketing and all these people on the ground to like a couple of social media accounts that either they're people or they, some cases, celebrities control themselves. If not, you know, it's part of the business, but you can immediately send the message to everyone that cares about you, your team, your, you know, now the next phase of that is like, okay, well, now I want to sell that person something because I can literally put a message up. Hey, you know, I'm so-and-so team and I'm selling this shirt today. Everyone immediately knows, you don't have to worry about like billboards and radio ads and like hoping that people sure. hear about stuff. But, you know, um, what never really was there was the complement of the ability to actually purchase. Yeah. What the blockchain does is it allows for people to hold these tokens or non-fungible tokens, these NFTs, and because they're holding them, whether they're a ticket or something else, it allows for a two-way interaction that complements kind of where everything else has moved. Mm -hmm. So it's opening up a real relationship between the team and the and the fan, the, the artist and the fan, and so on. It's um, I'm just just looking here while you've been talking, Josh, at something like Ed Sheeran's Instagram. It's yep. forty million followers on there. So from a PR, from a marketing, from a, a budgetary point of view, when he's planning a tour, if you rewind 25 years, the adverts that you would have to take out in the newspapers to promote a, a big concert or a tour, the billboards, the bus stop poster advertising, the posters in all the live clubs, the smaller clubs in city venues around the, any given territory, um, the, the flyering, all of that hard copy merchandise that goes on, he can sit there and in 20 seconds put a message out that basically tells 40 million people that tickets are available, that the, the, the landscape has changed, hasn't it? And this is why tickets have to have to catch up with the way that artists and people can now communicate with their potential audiences. So now let's take that a step further. So now Ed announces a tour on social media. People buy tickets through Yellowheart. Now, Ed has direct communication to every single person coming out to his shows. So the next tour, he could just go to those folks and say, hey, would you like to buy a ticket? I'm coming to your town on this date. Oh, yeah, you would. But some of your friends like them, too. No problem. And this could be much more controlled and just make Ed more money, make the fans happier, make it easier. And then another part of Web3 is what's called smart contracts. Smart contracts allow you to program how an NFT behaves once it's deployed onto the blockchain. So you can program into the smart contract that, hey, anytime I offer, if I give you a ticket to buy, or here's four tickets for you and your friends to come see Ed Sheeran, and if you sell them, and I sold them to you for 100, and you sell them for 200, $50 or more, or whatever number Ed decides of that $100 lift is coming back to Ed. So if you use the opportunity to try to make money or for any reason you can't go and the demand has driven the price higher, Ed will share in that for the first time. And it will happen with absolute transparency, 
to the fan, to Ed, to everybody. The money flows direct. It doesn't go to some third party. It's in Ed's pocket literally when your transaction happens. So you're literally, as a fan, a partner with the artist now on those tickets. And this this is, to me, this is the silver bullet with this technology in a way, isn't it? This is, oh. this is cutting out the middlemen, the intermediaries, the, the tech stack of ticketing that it had become through all the different parties and websites that it had to travel through. It, it is, is this direct contact and this direct flow of the transaction. I'll, t- I'll tell you, there are so many more benefits. It's just unbelievable. Like this is technology that really <coughs> was made for this industry. Like this industry is perfect, you know, for it. Because another nature of a blockchain is it's transparent. It's called a public chain, whether it's Ethereum or Polygon or Solana. These are public, which means anyone can look at any transaction. So what it does is it quickly identifies bad actors. Hey, this guy bought 20 tickets and didn't redeem any of them. Wow. Okay. Red flag. Versus, oh, this is James' fifth game of the season. Let's reward him. Let's give him an upgrade. Let's give him, you know, VIP lounge access. Let's give him, you know, a piece of merch. Whatever the team or or artist wants to do. But the point is, is suddenly as a fan, your behavior is being recognized and then can be rewarded. Where right now, there's no data flowing back on who the fans are and what their behaviors are. And as a fan, listen, you don't want to be tracked. No one wants to be tracked. But the truth is, is that if you love Ed Sheeran and he's your favorite artist and your friends are into him and it's a social thing and you go to the concerts and you're into it, then you want to be part of that community and you do want the perks and you do want to be rewarded for being a great member of the community. So, you know, you could also opt out at any time. And that's another cool thing about this technology is it's NFT based, which means that you own like a membership card. Think of it as a digital membership card that either derived out of your tickets. It could be, hey, your five tickets morphed into this now one golden thing that gets you all this other perks. And this is the type of stuff that Yellow Heart does, whereas now you're being rewarded. And now, you know, it really it just opens up so much more to this industry. Mm. I'm going to ask you in a bit about how it look, how it manifests itself, you know, physically, if that makes sense. Um, so how a user would actually interact with, with the ticketing process. But if I may first, something I was I was keen to ask you today from a security point of view, we, we've seen instances with the current digital ticketing systems where certain bands, I think ACDC did it on their on their last tour pre-pandemic where uh, they insisted that people bought photographic ID to match up with it, that had to match up with the name that was bought in the ticket. That, that people have tried various methods to stop um, resellers profiteering from the resale of, of concert tickets. How will that same um, sort of security process work with 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 blockchain technology and nfts and things like that because is it theoretically possible that if it's on somebody's mobile device that the resellers and the touts will just find a way to buy cheap mobile devices and sell those as part of the resale process they could you know at the end of the day if you're shipping mobile devices around as tickets that's a big win i mean it's pretty cumbersome 
But, you know, one of, there's a couple of different things here. So first of all, we have something called fragmentation, which basically means that this is a completely fragmented industry where primary ticket issuers try to do their own secondaries. But the relationship with StubHub, Vivid, SeatGeek, um, you know, Ticketmaster, Secondary, Access is Secondary, whoever else is completely fragmented. So you often have a case of, of tickets being sold multiple times. Add in, you know, you know, the type of transaction that you're, you're referring to, that could be a Craigslist one where, you know, could, who even knows? And you have the same ticket being sold to multiple buyers. And now it's just a, a race to who's going to show up to redeem it first. And then the next person doesn't get in. That happens all the time. On the blockchain, you can see there's only one authentic copy of something and who owns it. And that's immediately el eliminated. You also could identify who's holding what NFTs or what tickets. So if we could have a public view literally in front of us on the screen of every ticket and be like, oh, James is holding 600 tickets. <laughs> I mean, the whole the whole Ed Sheeran universe now is like, there's the guy. That's the, like, <laughs> you're done, you know? So um, this immediately cures these problems, you know, when, when the right, you know, UI is used, this is what, you know, you know we're, we're doing as a company is we're taking this technology and we're building it out where the user's use of it is exactly the same as every other app that they that you live with in your day-to-day -day life from mm -hmm. uber to snapchat to insta to you know your food ordering and amazon and we're just really making the experience exactly the same the difference will be is when you click on your seating map on yellow heart you know you're not going to just see like oh like a couple of dots you're going to be like oh james is holding 66 tickets <laughs> yeah. and that, the interesting thing about that is as well going back to what you were saying about being able to work directly with the artist for example and their management and have fewer of these other stakeholders involved in the ticketing chain um, and process is that you could you, you're in a better position to accurately feed back this analytical information directly to the people who want to understand who their audiences are a hundred percent. So everyone, you know, the teams, the artists, they get the analytical information. They get all the, as long as the fan opts in, the fan has to opt in to be want to be part of like a, you know, community. Um, but once they are in, yes, it could go back to the team and it could be used to really enhance the fan experience. So yes. Mm. And, and of course, genuine music fans. I'm yet to meet a single genuine music fan who wouldn't want to, uh it, it, you know it improve the the revenue of the artists that they're going oh, to follow yeah i mean we've been doing tickets that come with the next day you get an nft of the, of the entire show we've been doing tickets that come with the next day you get a the opportunity to buy merch that is number matched to your uh ticket as authentic so now you have a digital representation matching the hoodie you're wearing from the show you went to um, you know, we've been trying to really push into really cool things that fans could appreciate, you know, being part of, hey, you have the opportunity to buy one of a thousand hoodies because you were at that show, that like show last night. It's, um, it, it, I mean, the, the, there's so much I, I can ask. And I said that a few minutes ago, I really wanted to look at um, the, the, the physical manifestation. I'm not sure if that's the right way to term it because physical is, is very subjective in this in this um world but you know if i'm holding my 
iPhone as I am now, and I want to purchase a ticket for a, a gig that Yellowheart provided the tickets for, how does that process work? Is it very similar to the digital sort of wallets that we use yeah. at the moment? No, no, it's the same as anything you're doing on any other app. Like if you were to check out and buy like, you know, a sandwich right now, it'd be the same thing. Mm -hmm. So there we go. Hop onto the app, buy your ticket and it goes in there. It's what's in. happening in the background is really important. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, there's no difference in experience except it's like, since, you know, we're a newer company, it's a lot cleaner of an experience. Mm -hmm. Like set up an account on mobile or web, um, you know, I, I you know, really mobile. Um, you know, download the app, set up an account, buy a ticket, you know, and use it. That's it. Credit card, pretty simple. Sure. When you transfer it to your friend, you transfer it to your friend, you know. Um, something else I wanted to um, to, to, to address and, and ask you. I'm referring back to um, an interview that I found that you did with uh, with Wired um, around about a year ago, actually. I think it was August 21. Um, and just reference that was made in there um on the term uh, minting the term used for adding data to uh, to the blockchain uh, reports suggest that each transaction requires as much energy as two american households per day um i, I just sort of highlighted that because i wasn't exactly sure how, how to make it, it how to sort of interpret that what it actually means i wonder if you might just shed a little bit of light on that because i know that energy use and consumption within the events industry as a whole at the moment again is quite a hot topic it is. Now, here's the thing. Energy is a hot topic period that has to be taken incredibly seriously, especially around any type of fossil fuels. Um, but renewable energy is super important. So the reality is, is that the Wired article was published in August one year ago, but the actual mm -hmm. interview happened three or four months ahead of that. Right. And I just want to, it doesn't really matter overall, but I want to explain this because if you look at that, we're talking about that interview is probably, you know, 15 months old. Okay. Which in tech terms is an it's, age ago. It's, it's like a decade. And in this industry, things are moving at lightning speed. So um, what ha the, the really the overriding important theme here is that a new industry is being built that that's all digital and does require the use of energy. Right. Mm -hmm. So luckily you have many of the smartest people in the world working on this stuff now and the acceleration around the use of less energy has just gotten massive. Um, in fact, you know, there's been something called a layer two side chain. You know, the most popular one is called Polygon um, and some other, you know, chains like, you know, that claim that they burn much less energy that are really what's called proof of stake versus proof of work. When you have proof of work, it means that someone has to validate a transaction. And I don't want to get into technical, you know, blockchain sure. stuff here. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, the proof of stake blockchains move much quicker and don't burn nearly as much energy because it doesn't have to be a computation that runs through a network of computers. The gist of it is, is that the technology is moving so fast and everyone is so cognizant and the overall NFT crypto industry is people who are very much caring about the environment. And it's a group that really cares about not damaging the environment, super thoughtful, super smart. And there's been major advancements happening towards the use of less energy. So just for Yellowheart alone, for example, I mean, at this point, we can mint 14,000 NFTs with the same energy usage is basically like watching a movie, 
you know, like it's not like it's anything crazy, you know, so that and it's only getting better. In fact, September 15th right now, Ethereum 2.0 is shipping or, you know, coming out. And apparently that's going to be moving to a proof of stake versus proof of work. And that should, frankly, that might just propel this industry massively forward. I mean, I, I know that I've been waiting for this for a very long time. So is a lot of other people in this industry, but just know that the energy consumption thing is a real thing to be concerned about, but the, but I don't think in time it's going to matter much because this industry is really working hard to mitigate it. And I suppose if we're talking about, you know, the, the, the connections, the physical devices, the different users that, that are sort of authenticating transactions, processes within you know, blockchain, as, as the technology, as, as microchips become small, you know, as, as everything becomes faster, you know, every month there's a better laptop, a better mobile device, a better thing. Because you know, the, quicker, the quicker that authentication processes, process takes within the chain, the less energy that it uses. So the better the devices become and the better the connections become, the less energy we're going to use. Think about every household these days where at night you're charging your phone, you're charging your iPad, you're charging your laptop, you know, your whole family's doing it. I mean, like everything we're doing as a society is moving digital. You know, we're on a digital chat now, you know, which burned a lot less fossil fuel than me having to get on a plane and come over the pond to do this in person. So think about it that way. So um, it's just a matter now of the people in this industry who do care just coming up with great scaling solutions and, and it's, it's actually happening. So it's, it's, uh, it's something that as a digital universe that we all live in today, we just need to t- take into consideration how we're powering these digital uh, experiences. Sure. Um, something else I was, I was hoping to, to, to shed a bit of light on today for people listening is the um, is the subject of the currency. Actually, is are there any limitations when you're using a technology like this for a ticketing process um, as to what types of currency, or is it is it literally just a case that a user can set what currency they want transactions to be in? Um, how does that sort of work from a transactional point of view? Yeah, you know, we we take credit cards, um, you know, Apple Pay. So like things like that, that people are just used to and they have the they're set up already. We find just to be the best methods to pay. Um, you know, clearly there's cryptocurrencies um, that exist. And, you know, on Yellowheart, you can pay with USDC, Bitcoin and ETH. We just don't see a lot of people doing it. And um, we don't really believe that all of those are currencies to be transacting with for concert tickets you know when you're going and you're buying a 40 dollars club ticket for marquee i don't think you're really you're going to spend your bitcoin on it you know i think it's more becoming an investment grade you know opportunity yeah. right now around bitcoin is how most people are looking at it not as a like let me buy my tickets and my coffee and my other daily items on bitcoin sure um in terms of a, a launch point of view are you guys, uh, as it stands, trading completely independently? Uh, have you developed? Have because this technology it would surprise me greatly if big ticketing companies hadn't come to you and and sought some sort of input or partnership. What's the relationship like at the moment? Are you seeking to work just completely independently and build those relationships directly with artists? So we're open to working with everyone right now. Um, you know, we definitely are like you know, open to 
the entire ecosystem and anyone that really wants to be using our products to better their experience and, and make more money for their business, we're open to working with, um, you know, and we have, you know, fan token products, membership products. Um, you know, we have collectibles around high end, you know, music collectibles. So we have other elements of our business. You know, we have gated NFT albums, gated NFT video, all these other features and things that we'll do if, um, so, it, you know, as much as our primary focus really is on the evolution of ticketing and our ticketing product, which is really probably the best ticketing product ever built, um, we do have other features that come along that could complement other people's ticketing if necessary. So we are open to really working with anyone in the uh, live and sports ecosystem. Cool. And I was going to, I'm pleased that you added sports at, at the end there because we've referenced a lot of music related you know yes. events at the moment. But we've just had in the UK, for example, the Commonwealth Games. We, we had the you know the delayed Olympic Games last year. You know we've got a, a, a soccer World Cup coming up at the end of this year. These major sporting events historically have always had issues with the secondary market. This is a big big problem solver for them. It is. And, you know, and it's interesting because the Yellow Heart, because of my, you know, being a massive music fan, was derived out of that. But now it's headed much more down the sports lane mm, where sure. we believe that, you know, sports is something that we could just add massive value to, to uh, the stakeholders. Well, they'll make much more money using Yellow Heart than they will any of these other existing systems right now. It, and then it's almost it's almost like ludicrous how much more they could do with yellow heart so um we think sports is a super important sector to really be correcting right now absolutely i, I see i see huge huge potential in there being a you know a lifelong football soccer fan um oh you know it, 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 the, 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 just for, from a major tournament point of view maybe not a day-to-day -day and a week-to-week -week level you know for games but i'm thinking major sporting tournaments you know no, golf, tennis, really anything like that it's, it's everything because the day-to-day -day is what it's all about. So if you're a season ticket holder or, or even if you just buy tickets and you go to matches, you know, around, around football, um, you know, think about that. So now, wow, you've been to four games this season. Let's, let's reward you. Here's your fifth. And now when it comes, the team has made the championship. Shouldn't you be the person given the option to buy the ticket? Mm, absolutely. Right. Five games this season. You're a real fan. Absolutely right, um, and there's a there's a, there's a huge other discussion to be had there about that at the moment. Over, no, I'm over just the saying UK. this this allows us to identify the real fans and and reward them, and that's the whole point. So it's not just about the championship game; it's about the entire ecosystem. When it comes so when it comes time to issue tickets for the championship game, they're getting into actual fans' hands. Uh, absolutely. We've been talking on the podcast today to Mr. Josh Katz. Josh is the founder and the CEO of Yellow Heart. I've been talking to the Event Industry News podcast today about blockchain technologies, NFTs, and how Yellow Heart are effectively revolutionizing the digital ticketing process by making it much harder for touts, for resellers to profit and make money off of that and make sure that a lot of that money and revenue is going back into the hands of the people who are ultimately selling the tickets and delivering these experiences. Josh, before we wrap up today and let you get on with your day's business over in New York, um, if people want to find out a bit more about what Yellow Heart are up to, um, how do they get in touch? Web, social media, give us all of those yeah, details. Um, you know, Yellow Heart, um, 
Yellowheart.io, uh, YH.io, Yellowheart.com, all leads you to the same place. Um, Yellowheart NFT on Instagram and Twitter. Um, highly recommend just following what we're doing, you know, and if anyone's interested in using our services, definitely reach out to us. Um, we, you know, are very open right now to working with all types of event organizers. Um, so I uh, would love to hear from anyone out there looking to uh, try this technology. Absolutely. And, uh, and and I would urge anybody, get in touch with Josh and his team, the Ghazi Yellowheart, absolutely. But read about this technology as well. There's loads of stuff out there on the internet that's that's um, that, that, that's really, really interesting, really, really useful. And I think that the better our understand, uh, understanding of, uh, of it is as event professionals, the better equipped we are to potentially deploy it within our own events. So, Josh, um, we really appreciate you taking the time today to, to explain a bit about what you guys are up to. It's been fascinating. And uh, please do keep in touch and come back on further down the line. We'd love to see how this is progressing. We'd love to keep our, our, our sort of ear to the ground on it. And, um, you know, no doubt you guys will be generating new information every day, every week, every month. So, you know, further down the road, come back on and tell us how this is all progressing. We'd love to hear from you. Fantastic. Well, thank you. No problem at all. Of course, if you want to stay in touch with Event Industry News and find out uh, what is going on within the industry, both in the UK and internationally, eventindustrynews.com is the place to go to. If you are listening to this podcast today, don't forget that you can also go over to the website to check out the latest news, features, content, special features and supplements, and of course, the legendary Event Industry News supplier directory if you are an organiser looking for a supplier at the moment. Of course, if you are already watching this on eventindustrynews.com, thank you very much for joining us today. Don't forget that you can access audio versions of all of these podcasts. Just go to wherever you get your podcasts from on your device, search for Event Industry News, and you'll be able to subscribe and find uh, all of those episodes of the podcast that we've done over the last few years, some uh, coming up to 300 episodes i believe um josh thanks again for joining us mr josh katz from yellow heart my name is james dixon signing off on today's episode of the podcast we see you all again very soon cheers everybody